Psalm 25. That's going to be kind of in the middle of your Bible. If you're not familiar with it, just kind of open up to the center and you'll probably hit pretty close to Psalm, if not right in there. And this morning we will be continuing on in Psalm 25. We've been uh, covering Psalm 25 for the last three weeks, just kind of breaking down uh, what David's prayer, what his request, what his feelings were, what were going on in his life, and, and, and how it applies to what goes on in our life. I'll give you a brief overview. I know some of you haven't been here the last three weeks or may have missed a week, and that's okay. I'll just kind of tell you what, what we've covered at this point to kind of give you an idea of, of, of what David is going through. David first, in the first few verses, we see David uh, seeking the Lord. He's saying, look, God, I turn to you and I trust only in you because there's nowhere else that David could turn nor is there anywhere else that any of us can turn. David uh, continued on saying, Look, God, I want you to guide my path. I want you to lead me so that I, I, I live life in the right way, so that I choose the right path, so that I am obedient to what you're calling me to. We then see David uh, kind of shift to asking God to have mercy on him based on the Lord's own grace and mercy and not based on David's sinfulness. David's saying, look, God, there's nothing in and of myself that I have done to earn your grace and mercy, but God, because of your faithful love, please show grace and mercy to me because of how good you are. And then uh, we talked a little bit uh, last week about the fear of the Lord. That David had a real serious fear of the Lord and that we as Christians should have a fear of the Lord and not just in a sense of, of respect and reverence. While that is part of what comes along with it, there was a genuine fear of the Lord among David and among uh, so many of God's people because we see a God in the Bible who is a serious God. He deals with sin seriously. And David being a sinner and you and I being sinners, we should have a fear of the Lord. And that helps keep us uh, on the right track. It is the fear of the Lord that, that keeps us out of sin, as we saw last week in the book of Exodus. And so that's what we talked about last week. And, and, and today we're, we're picking up in verse 15, Psalm 25, verse 15. We're going to read from verse 15 through verse 18. Psalm 25, 15 through 18. My eyes are always on the Lord, for He will put my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am alone and afflicted. The distresses of my heart increase. Bring me out of my sufferings. Consider my affliction and trouble, and take away all my sins. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these few words today, and I pray that as we come and, and, and get ready to, to hear you speak to us this morning, dear Lord, that we would, that we would do just as, as that song Macy played for us a while ago, the words of that song, God, that, that, that talk about bringing us back to the heart of, of worship, dear Lord, as the song says, as the music fades. And all else slips away, dear Lord. Uh, bring us back to the heart of worship. God, in this moment that you'd clear our minds and clear our thoughts, that whatever may be going on, that we would, we, would, we would just lay it down, God. And that in this moment, the Holy Spirit would speak to us, dear Lord. That the Holy Spirit would speak through me. That you would speak to the hearts of these people, dear Lord. That you would hide me behind the cross, God, so that you would be glorified today. And that your word will be preached and, and, and taught in a way 
that will be understandable, dear Lord, and that, that each one of us here is reading this, dear Lord, that they don't just listen to what I say, God, but that they read your word and hear what you have to say this morning. And so, God, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We see David kind of kind of take a shift here from, from where we talked about last week to fear. Uh, we see David kind of uh, making a, a plea for help. We see what David is feeling, what David is experiencing here. He is, he is making a distress call. We're familiar with distress calls. We are familiar with the letters SOS. Now, I don't know what those letters mean. I have found many things of people say it means this, it means that, and I don't know which one is accurate. Uh, some would say that it means save our ship. Now, most of us, or at least me, when I think of SOS, I think about ships in particular. I think about the movie The Titanic, that guy giving the Morse code, sending it out, hoping that some uh, ship in the area is going to hear this distress call and that someone is going to come and save our ship in their case. It could mean that. I've, I've saw oh, where it says that it could mean uh, send, send our uh, succor which means send us help in our, in our time of distress. Send out succor for us. I don't know which of those things it may mean. Perhaps it means save our soul, at least in a spiritual sense. For, for us as Christians, it may be help for, helpful for us to think of it that way. But we see David is in trouble here. And we know that David faced some difficult times as he was on the run from Saul. Uh, Saul was a king of Israel, and David was, was eventually going to replace Saul as king of Israel. And Saul, as he, began to, as he began to get later on, and he began to get closer to that time that David was going to take over as king, we see that Saul uh, begins to try to kill David. So David knew firsthand what it was like to experience uh, these, these feelings of someone trying to, to come at you, an enemy trying to come at you to try to kill you. Now, I don't know what exactly was going on in David's life when he wrote this psalm, but, but the fact of the matter is, is that David was, 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 he had enemies around him, there were things going on, and David was seeking the Lord. He was crying out to the Lord in his time of distress to say, look God, help me through this difficult time that I'm facing. In verse 15, he says, My eyes are always on the Lord, for He will put, excuse me, for He will pull my feet out of the net. Now, we see this term net used on, on several occasions in the Bible, and a net is something that we often see that enemies are laying out for someone. We see someone praying that God would help them not to fall into the enemy's net. It could refer to a certain temptation. The net may be a temptation that is trying to lure us in that we are going to get tangled up in. It could be some sinfulness that we get uh, tangled up in. It could be some trap that the enemy has set for us to, to, to capture us. You know, that's what the enemy does to us. And when I say the enemy, our enemy, Satan... Uh, that's what the, our, our, all of our enemy, that's what he desires to do for us. He desires to set out these nets, that is, these temptations, these things that we are going to fall into, these traps that we are going to fall into. And, and when we fall into these traps of sinfulness and all of these different temptations, we sometimes feel like that we can't get out, that we are locked in, that there are no windows, that there are no doors, uh, that maybe we're looking through bars and we feel trapped because of our sinfulness. 
It could have been because of David's sinfulness that he felt this way. It could have been that the net was some temptation, some sin that had easily ensnared David. And David knew that it was his own sinfulness that had put him into this place. And David is asking for God to deliver him. It could have been that David was, was, was facing a real physical enemy. It's the same for you and I. We face the same temptations as everybody else. These temptations to sin are here in our life. And we, like David, sometimes give in to those temptations to sin. It could be that we ourselves are facing a real physical enemy. Someone who desires to bring real physical harm to our lives. It could be a bully at school. It could be a number of different things. It could be somebody that's mad at us and we're afraid they're going to beat us up. It could be a physical thing that we have enemies in our life or it could be a spiritual thing that we have uh, in our life. That is a sinful thing that is our enemy. But it's interesting what David says here. He says even though his feet are in the net, he keeps his eyes on the Lord. He says, look, I keep my eyes on the Lord for he will pull my feet out of the net. You see, in the midst of, of whatever he was going through, whether it, was, whether it was a sin problem or someone after him problem, whatever trouble that he was experiencing, he didn't let the trouble that he was in overshadow the Lord that he served. In the midst of his hard times, he wasn't focused on, oh, I'm in such a bad place, what am I going to do? There's nothing I can do, I'm in such a horrible place, woe is to me, I'll never get out of this situation, I'm just done, I'm depressed, I'm stuck here forever. David wasn't looking down at his problem and dwelling on that. Instead, in the midst of his crisis, he was looking up to the Lord saying, my eyes are on God because my God is bigger than my problem. That's good stuff for us to think about, church. That's good stuff for us. Because we got problems, right? We all got problems. We look at everybody else and we think, boy, I wish my life was like them. Everything's perfect for them. We all say that. We all got problems. We all think everybody else's life is perfect and they don't have any issues. But guess what? I'm going to tell you a secret. We all struggle. We all got problems. We all sin. And it may look nice and pretty on the outside. But we all have our struggles in life. We all have our nets in life. But you know, sometimes we get more focused on our struggles than on our Lord. And when that happens, we just get depressed. We get sad because when we're looking just at our struggles, there's no hope in our struggles. There's no hope in our sinfulness. And the devil uses that to get a lot of us down, to keep us down, to keep us from coming to the Lord, to keep us from serving the Lord. But David was saying, not me. David was saying, I'm in this mess, and I might have, David, David might have got himself into that mess. Just like some of us, we might have got ourselves into the mess. But we can't, we can't wallow in our sinfulness and, and just wallow around in our depress and our anxiety. But rather we need to say, look, I'm in this situation, but I'm not going to stay here. Because my hope is not what's going on in my life. My hope is in the Lord. What are your eyes on this morning? Are, you, are your eyes on your sin, your situation, or are your eyes on your Savior, Jesus Christ? Because that's where our hope comes from, is from the Lord. And David got that. David got that. David knew he was in a mess, but he was sending out his SOS. He was saying, look, God, I'm looking, I'm turning, I'm focused on you so that you can deliver me. Let's read on a little further. Verse 16. 
Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am alone and afflicted. The distresses of my heart increase. Bring me out of my sufferings. Consider my affliction and trouble and take away all my sins. Now in those three verses, he uses some words that maybe some of us can relate to. He says that he is alone. He says that he is afflicted. He says that the distresses of his heart increase. He says that he is in sufferings. He feels like that he is in trouble. Do any of us this morning feel that way? Because as human beings, even as Christians, there may be times in our life where we feel alone, where our hearts are troubled, where we feel that we are in times of distress and there is no hope and David is feeling these things and some of you this morning you get that some of you are saying I feel that in my life right now I feel so alone like nobody cares like nobody knows I feel so heartbroken and distressed and depressed and I feel like there is no hope and the devil may have convinced you of the lie that that you are the only person who has ever felt that way And you shouldn't tell those feelings to anybody else because they wouldn't understand. There's something wrong with you. You need to get over this on your own. And that's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to keep us uh, pulled in and separated from other people. And even though you may feel alone, I've got good news for you. You are not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. Even though you may not sense Him or may not feel Him, God is with you. If you're in this place today, I've got some more good news for you. This this, this church is full of people who who genuinely care to love and be there for one another. I believe that. I may be wrong. You may just be putting on a show. But I believe that we have a good group of people here who genuinely desire to be there for each other so that we can be there for one another, so that we don't have to feel alone, so that we can pick up a phone and call somebody and say, Brother, sister, I am struggling. Would you pray for me? Would you come see me? Would you visit me? Would you just would you go to lunch with me? I need somebody to talk to, to spend time with because I feel so alone. And maybe we need to surround ourselves with the presence of our friends, but we definitely need to find ourselves calling to and seeking out the Lord, saying, God, I feel so alone. Please deliver me from what's going on in my life. And that's what David was saying. He was saying, look, God, please deliver me from what's going on in my life. And he closes up these verses by saying, Consider my afflictions and trouble and take away all my sins. David recognized that it could have very well been the sins in his life that had got him to this place. You see, that's what our sinfulness does. It pulls us away from God. It pulls us away from God. And when we're, when we're with God, when we are with God, all things are good. When we live in obedience to God, when we are, when we are in fear of the Lord, and we're walking close to the Lord, there is a certain joy and a certain peace that comes in our life. And those are good times. And that's, that's, the, that's the great thing about coming to the Lord. But as we begin to sin in our life, that sin begins to pull us away from the Lord. That sin draws us further and further from the Lord. And when we feel secure in the Lord's presence, as we begin to draw away from the Lord, we begin to feel alone. 
we begin, instead of feeling joy and peace, we begin to feel fear of our situation. We begin to feel hopeless. With God, there is hope. Apart from God, there is no hope. And David realized that. David realized, look God, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm going through. But in my time of distress, David says, there is no one else who I can call to. There is no one else who can deliver me. I can't be good enough. I can't do it on my own. No matter how much I try, it's not going to be good enough. I can only go to the Lord. You know, we had that chili cook-off last night, and I heard some complaints this morning about it not being fair. That, that people, that they, they said they did their best, and they didn't finish high enough. They didn't finish good enough. They didn't win. I feel the same way. I did my best. I thought my chili was so good, and I put my heart and soul into it, and it wasn't even anywhere close to being the best chili on there. I gave my best, and it wasn't good enough. And that's how it is for us. As sinful humans, we can give our best. We can give the best that we have of our money, of our things, of our abilities. And on our own, the best we can give God is not good enough. But praise the Lord that we don't have to depend on our best. Because Jesus, because God sent Jesus Christ, His one and only Son, who is good enough who is the best. And we come to the Lord and we say, Father God, I come to you as a sinner and there's nothing I can do, but I ask for your grace and mercy through what Jesus Christ did because Jesus was the best. And when we accept Jesus Christ, we are not judged on our best, we are judged on His best that is perfection. And David had gone through this saying, Look, God, I come to you. I give you the best I got, but it's not good enough. So God, in your faithful love, I need you in my affliction, in my loneliness, in my sinfulness, God. There is nothing I can do on my own. So God, I call out to you. My distress call is going out. Father God, I don't look at my sinfulness. I don't look at my situation. But God, my eyes are on you and my heart is on you. God, please deliver me. And that might be the same prayer that some of you need to say today. Because you may be living in fear of your your situation, of your sin. You may be living in the distress of something that's going on in your life. You may have a real enemy who is causing you harm in this world. But we serve a God who wants to bring you out of that, who wants to deliver you from your sinfulness and deliver you from your enemies, deliver you from your loneliness and bring you close to Him and give you peace and give you joy through His Son, Jesus Christ. But that's the decision you have to make. You have to call out to the Lord and say, Father God, I come to You. I accept Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Lord Jesus, I believe who you said you were. I know who you said you were. And I want to accept you. I want to live with you in my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And when we do that, God will give us a peace and a joy that we can't imagine. That was the same thing that David was seeking. And that may be the same thing that you're seeking. And David knew the only place to find it was in the Lord. And I pray to God, if you didn't know that, that today, maybe you see that. Let's pray.
Father God, I come to you now and I lift up this, this group and I pray that if there is one here this morning, Father God, that does not know you, that you would help them to seek you today, that you would take care of, that you would uh, help them to come to you, dear Lord, to seek you like David. Maybe they've been trying to do it on their own and thinking they're good enough and they've given the best of the best and they realize it's just not good enough, God. So help them today to realize that you sent Jesus and he is good enough, God. Help them to cry out to Jesus today, dear Lord. Help them to cry out to you and seek you and confess their sinfulness to you, dear Lord, and acknowledge who you are and accept who you are, God, just as David did. If there are any in this room that need to make a decision, Father God, let them do that today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.